This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the Wick and Wanderers podcast powered by the fans. I'm Michael Kenny, joined as usual by Adam Cooper, Dan Clark, and Damien Farrar Hockley. Gents, hello. We're in the running to Christmas. I hope you've got your Christmas sweaters on. Uh, Shrewsbury Town at the weekend, another 1 0 defeat, adding to our recent woes. Uh, a Taylor Perry strike from 30 yards out. Really the only major highlight from uh, another difficult game to take. We dominated the game on paper, but paper is only paper. Uh, guys, what were your thoughts on another disappointing day to be a Wickham fan? Yeah, wasn't it? It was mm. very, um, very uninspiring. What it, it was better. Um, let's let's start by saying that it could have been, it couldn't have been a lot worse, um, but it was better. We did play with a bit more with a bit more intent, but there's just no. We look like we're lacking urgency in the last third. Um, there's no ideas. I mean, look, I I think David Wheeler is a a tremendous professional footballer. Um, his attitude is one that should be applauded, but he is not a forward. Um, and starting him up front hampers us straight away. He would have been much better off playing down the right um, in that kind of right wing back situation um, with you know a, a more natural goal scorer up front. I think when you watch what he's doing, he's much better running from deep, um, much better running from deep when he's leading the line. He doesn't look like he knows where to run. Um, you know... The attacking players didn't do enough. Um, yes, we had a few more shots on goal. Yes, we created a little bit more. Um, but it's still very slow. Still very... I'm going to throw it out there. It's still very boring. Mm. Um, it's just hard to watch. It's like pouring poison in your eyes at times. Um, and and then we, we went to four at the back and all of a sudden things seemed to like jerk into life a little bit we started stringing some passes together and some combinations started working a little bit and you know ultimately we didn't get the breakthrough but we looked a bit brighter with uh with four at the back 
might be something that Blooms considers going forwards. But uh, but look, it was it was an improvement. Which when you're down in the doldrums, you need to take as many positives as possible. But um, but it's still nowhere near good enough, and nowhere near the required standard of a squad of that ability. So um, so lots to work on. I felt the doom and gloom a little bit in my heart when I saw the team sheet. It was especially the the back line. Keo, Jacobson and Grimmer. Grimmer, yeah, great. Keo and Jacobson, they're just not up with the pace of the game anymore. And Jacobson, I, I really hate criticising the guy because he's such a nice guy and he's a club legend, but he's still playing the Ainsworth way. Every time he got the ball, it was a diagonal long ball. I'm just thinking, is, is, is Bluefield not telling him the way to play? We don't play like that anymore. Especially when we've got Dale Taylor up front, who's not got any height. Um... Wheeler can't. Wheeler was being marked by by, unfortunately Aaron Pierre. So every time the ball went up, he lost it. Lost a header. It just it wasn't going to work from the start. And <laughs> I was trying to see some positives. The only positives was they did, like Adam says, play with a bit more tempo and intensity. But the execution was just not good enough for me. And it all stemmed from the team, I think. Can I jump on the the starting lineup? Because I think that there was a bit of a collective groan when we announced the starting eleven on Saturday. Um, it, it was it was immediately pointed out that we were starting with Keo and JJ, and the question was why Farino and Low on the bench. Now, the first thing I don't know I don't know about you guys. The first thing that went into my head was, uh, well, maybe there's some sort of injury issue for for, for either one or both. Maybe they're being rested. Uh, there are a whole kind of myriad of reasons. Uh, another reason, another thing that I was thinking about though was, could there potentially be some ideology uh, things going on in the back as well? I mean, could it be, you know, and them being two of our younger players, that there's a feeling that we're trying to settle them in a little bit more? Maybe I don't know. It just I was trying to make sense of it in my head. Can we make it make sense? No, when you. When you're down in the doldrums, play your best team. You know, why have we got a guy sat on the subs bench who a, a, a matter of weeks ago was playing for Wales first team? Um, you know, behind, with respect to Keo, like I've said before, I think he's great to have around the place. And I think he's a great leader and a great captain and that sort of figure. Um, but behind a, a journeyman pro of 36, 37 with no pace, um, we just are so sluggish. Even the goal, it's, it's an okay finish from like 30 yards, but nobody's got out to him. No one's closed him down. Killian Phillips is running around like a blue ass fly trying to chase him. Max doesn't really react to it. You can see the goal at your near post from 30 yards. You're disappointed, but nobody's taking responsibility for that sort of thing. And I feel like that if, if Jolo and Farino were on the pitch, either the player or the ball just ends up in row Z or ends up being played back into midfield and recycled. But the problem is there was just no legs in the midfield at all. And the problem is if you're starting sluggish, if your build-up starts sluggish, it's never going to have any any urgency loaded into it. Um, I thought Sadly, down the right was just terrible again. Um, <clears throat> it just didn't give us anywhere near enough. He should have been the energy, um, you know, particularly not having played... Not having played a lot, being given an opportunity, um, the amount of times that he gave the ball away, he was whinging at other players, chucking his arms up and down, having a strop, not chasing back. Um, I was really disappointed with 
with with us defensively. Um, you know, the the defence is the first line of the attack, and the attack is the first line of defence. And if you're that sluggish and that sloppy in defence, it will um, it will roll out through the team. JJ, I could almost understand starting, but not with Keo and Grimmer. Um, it was just all a little bit all over the place. Um, <clears throat> I just think Blooms thought that he could hang his hat on some generals. He was thinking if he could, if he could start with that sort of general type player, get a clean sheet out of it, and build some confidence, and perhaps bring the youngins in, then great. But it backfired a bit. Um, it was it was too sluggish. It was too boring. I think Blooms, what he's done here is he's thought we've had a really nice period of time over the last six, seven years where we've been doing well in League One and going up to the championship. And he's thought, do you know what? You know, back in 2009, 2010, when we were shit, let's have the fans remember how that was. And when we had Matt Harold score with a maximum goal scoring <laughs> record of eight. And Joe Lowe was seven years old. These young players don't know, you know, that all they know is the successful Wickham Wanderers and same with the younger fans as well. You know, I feel like Saturday and the recent run of form we've gone on is is reminiscent of our days back when we were yo-yoing between League Two and League One at the moment. It just, you know, we, we didn't have many ideas then, but then we had Joker for Dennis O'Lee and, and Co up front. So, you know. Gus Olympic. And don't, don't, sla- don't talk well, I won't, slander yeah, I won't about hear a bad Gus word be said about Gus. I called him a legend oh, and I meant it. He is a legend. He is a legend. You've yeah. got to keep, keep him in there. But it is though, it's, it's reminiscent of the days where we just didn't have any ideas really. And it's, it's a shame at the moment because we have the gear, but we just don't have the idea. Like whatever Bloom seems to be doing doesn't seem to be kind of resonating with the players. And this is that time where you've got to realise, right, what isn't getting through to them and what do I need to change to kind of make that happen? Chopping and changing your defence as much as we are. I know there's injury problems in defence, but chopping and changing as much as they are is not going to settle them into a rhythm, especially in a season where we are sitting with five at the back, which for me, as again, as I said last week, is essentially three at the back. And it's incredibly, it makes us incredibly vulnerable. The fact that we went to a back four, on Saturday felt a bit more reassuring. It feels like we actually went back to, you know, it was, it was good for us. The problem is we've got nothing up front at the moment that's going to really make a difference. That's that's the problem is what what do we do up front? You and I could play up front, Dan, and have more movement than we had on Saturday. Yeah, you were your dodgy knees. Yeah, the, 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 there was literally just nothing going on, was there? It was like, it was like turn it. Turning up at a firework display only to be told that the fireworks hadn't arrived. Um, it was just... That's happening it, on New Year's Day as well. Yeah, it was just a real damp squid, a typical Shrewsbury game. At, um, I came out and said it, it was a... It, 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 it was a Gary Waddock game. Like we were kind That's of, it, 2009, yeah, 2010, yeah. that kind of era. That's it was it. Kind of just looked like they were going through the motions. It was that what used to be known back in our day as Black Saturday. So there was nobody there. They're all doing their Christmas shopping. Um, uh, it's just like, even when they were warming up, they just looked disinterested. And that's not a Wickham team. I don't care if these boys lose five or six nil. I'll support them as long as I can see effort. But 
I keep harping back to it, and I'm trying my best to, to, to stay level-headed about this, but right down in front of us, sadly, it gives the ball away, trying to beat another man. Goes down. The ball's taken off of him. He gets up. He screams and shouts at everybody else. Jack Grimmer's had to run 30 yards forward to win the ball back because he's standing there moaning at everybody. I mean, first of all, he's been here a matter of moments and done nothing. Get up and shut up. Secondly, what on earth are you doing? Just whinging at your teammates when you've given the ball away and we're chasing the game. It's just absolutely brain dead. Um, I would have, um, you know, Jasper's going to be out for a while. I'd have David Wheeler in there or Jack Grimmer in that right-hand side position. Um, I'd just almost forget that we signed, sadly, if I'm completely honest. But I'd have David Wheeler in that position. And if you've got to play, sadly, a playing further up the park, because he's as good as useless being out there in that right-back position or right-wing-back position. Um, he doesn't trap back. He doesn't read the game well enough. Um, to me, it just it, it just looked a mess. Um, it didn't look great. But, you know, trying to be positive about things, um, it was much better than what we'd seen in the in the two or three games prior to that. And, you know, we're not going to play, our, play ourselves back into form by, uh, by losing 1-0. But at the same time, there will be a few positives that they can take out of it at the very least. Can uh, can someone check Adam's ass for splinters for sitting on the fence about Sadlier by any chance? <laughs> Don't mince your words, mate. No splinters here, um, mate. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, do you know what? I think it, it, it's a worrying thing for me as well. And I know Adam again. I know you don't like your stats, mate. But it's it's a worrying trend. I've seen this banded about a couple of times. I think it's eighteen or nineteen times we've gone behind under Bloomfield and we've not won once. And mm. you know, you were talking about that mentality and heads dropped and lethargy and things like that. Something's something's got to kind of they've got to pick these guys up you know we we were gritty under Ainsworth we weren't behind we'd, we'd come back and they, you, yeah, you knew you were in for a 4-3 or, or a 5-3 yeah, you know 100%. what I mean I, I um, think that's not happening these days no I th- I think we haven't been as I know he's still got the people checks in but I don't think the people checks that we've got in are as stringent as what they were under Ainsworth yeah, um, maybe and I think that one or two not bad eggs but one or two slightly negative eggs makes the omelette slightly worse than it would be with really good eggs. <laughs> so, sorry to sound like Jose Mourinho. And I think there's, I don't think there's a lot and I don't think they're really bad eggs, but I think there's one or two in there who aren't of the old school wicker milk that we're used to. Um, they're not prepared to run through brick walls for the club. Um, they don't want to dig in when it's a freezing cold Saturday against Shrewsbury in front of 3000 people. And the problem is if you've got one or two of those, that lethargy, that attitude can can sneak into others. Um, you know, I've got absolutely no doubt that the core of players that we've got when everybody's fit and when we're playing our best team is fantastic. But there has to be a way of keeping these fringe players interested um, and revving them up for it. You know, I we've all spoken about Killian Phillips's passion previously, um, and. And again on Saturday, you know, he's he's hairing around like a blue ass fly, chasing everything, trying to win the ball because other people around the pitch aren't doing their job. And the problem is when he then wins the ball back, he's not in his position to receive the ball and we're giving the ball to your JJs, your Keos. You know, Keo at one point was 
was bringing the ball out almost every time he brought the ball down. He was bringing it out to the halfway line and being the, distribu- the distributor because there was nobody to give it to. And it was it was just all a little bit disjointed. I didn't like it at all. <clears throat> but like I said, it was better. And, and look, we've got to find some form and we're only going to find form by, by making little improvements every week. So, so that's the one positive for me. Can we give Shrewsbury a bit of credit here though? Because I think that oh, they... Yeah. They executed uh, a pretty decent game plan. And also it, it needs to be pointed out, and I know we pointed out last week, that they too uh, are also completely blighted by injury at the moment. They've got 10 players, uh, key players out on the sidelines. And they, they came to Adams Park um, and they played their game. They scored their goal with their only shot on target of the entire game. And then they just shut up shop. But there was one thing that I noticed because, I mean, given... Given our performances of late, uh, I, I think I, I think I, and along with a, a lot of people, have been looking really intensely, more intensely than before, on how we're setting up and how we're actually playing our ball. Um, the one thing I noticed with Shrewsbury in the first half is, and I don't, I don't know if I'm giving them too much credit here because it, it could be genius level tactician stuff, but they were playing a lot of. Um, Long balls, a lot of direct balls uh, through to to their forward line. Their forward line had quite a bit of pace. And who did we have back? We had Keo and JJ. And they were kind of creeping. Well, they were anticipating these balls and they were kind of dropping a little bit back. And what was happening there is that was creating pockets of space which, you know, Perry then capitalised on when he, you know, uncorked that 30-yard shot that went in. So I think that they should be commended on on spotting an opportunity and capitalising on it. And then obviously they knew that they had what they needed and they just shut up shop and we just couldn't find a way through. We had 65% stats, Adam, sorry, 65% possession, meaningless, 16 total shots, five shots on target, but never at any point did any of those shots look like they were going to trouble anyone. Uh, you know, Aaron Pierre was playing a game as if, you know, he had something to prove and he always does every time he comes back. Um, but yeah, it looked like we were never going to do anything with it. So Shrewsbury, they came with a game plan. They executed it perfectly to perfection. They did a bit of a Wickham, which seems to be happening a lot more than uh, we would like at the moment. Do you not notice though, that goal is pretty much stereotypical of every kind of goal that we seem to have conceded this season, more or less, like where we just give a player too much space and they've just got time to put it away. Because that, mm. that's how it felt on, on Saturday. And yeah, we can give Shrewsbury credit, but Shrewsbury on a similar run of form that we were. Um, and my concern is we've got Port Vale and Exeter who have got worse form than us. Uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, are we going to be giving Port Vale and Exeter credit for playing their game where we didn't step up on that yeah, day? True. Because, do you know what I mean? That's the concern at the moment. Because uh, for me, you know, we'll, we'll touch on Derby later on, but I'm not kind of, I, I don't, I'm not expecting anything from Saturday, but I'm expecting them to turn up against Port Vale and Exeter, you know? So that's that's the test. That's the test. I'm, I'm worried it's going the same way as Shrewsbury. Saturday for me was the archetypal away performance when you haven't got any form. Go there, nick a goal and park the bus. Um, 
it just harks back to our our problem with we can't we haven't got that key to unlock that bus. Um, and I just wanted to mention one more thing about Pio at the back. Um, I've never seen a guy. You say you say he was he was bringing the ball out. I've never seen a guy bring the ball out slower. And he was waiting for the press. And when they were about three yards away from him, he try and he then try and make a pass. Mm. He just like it's almost as if his brain's working slower than everyone else's. Even though he's played at a higher level, he should be his brain should be ahead of everyone else. Even if his body can't do that, I, th- I just, think his I body's just, just behind his brain. If I'm honest, I don't think it's his brain. I just genuinely just don't so, believe everything was so slow that he did. Yeah, even the positive right. things. Yeah, yeah, you're 100 percent right. I think he, his brain knows what he wants to do. But they had they had all the time in the world to get back and yeah. back behind the ball and set themselves while yeah. he was deciding what to do with it. Yeah, I agree. I think the biggest thing that frustrated me uh, in the first half was um, seeing and it, you know it wasn't just a one-off, but the amount of times that you would see us, you know, charge forward and trying to make something. But the person I always saw making something was. Dale Taylor playing really wide on the left, really, you know, really in an, you know, in an advanced position, quite receded back on the pitch. He was really far on the left. And who was in the box? David Wheeler. And I'm just like, that just seems wrong. That just seems like that should be reversed. You should have David Wheeler in Taylor's position and Taylor, who is a, who is a natural, you know, supposedly out and out goal scorer, he should be in the box. We've said this before. Why are our strikers not in the box? Or what you know, why are they not in a position where they're advancing on the box? Why why is it so arse about face? It feels wrong because it is wrong. Yeah. That's that's the only thing that I can say. Like I said earlier, it's it's so hard to criticize Wheels because he's a Swiss army knife. He'll do anything for you. You know, he'll play centre back if you ask him to play centre back. It's difficult to criticize him. And I think he would put his hands up and say, I'm not a centre-forward. Um, but why we lined up with him as our centre-forward, I do not know. There's a couple of couple of like little snapshots that dropped to him, wasn't there? And, I, and you feel like if there was somebody who was a bit more natural in there, um, you know, they might have ended in a goal. It was a Vokes-esque um, near post one, wasn't it? Vokes yeah. would have just tapped that in. Yeah, yeah, the little flick across his body. That yeah. was kind of like, you know, that's and like... went over the bar. Type of goal, on it? But, yeah. yeah, it's just... It's just not working. I don't know if we're just trying stuff for the sake of trying it because we're a little bit too desperate. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I just think we need to go back to basics. Play players in position. Um, and look, I've been saying this for a long time, and I think a lot of people are going to are gonna disagree with me. But, you know, we've got a player with creativity, pace and strength on the bench who all of the senior players hate playing against in training. Why aren't we giving TJ more minutes? Um Surely the time, surely the time has come now. Surely the time has come. Look, if 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 you give him ninety minutes and he does nothing, then then fine. But we've started everybody else and it's not worked. I I, I can only assume at this point that TJ has done something to. Yeah, I think TJ's run over his cat. If I'm honest, it's like yeah, yeah. yeah. And Sadie has got Bloomfield's nudes, so that's why yeah. he's in the team. It's abs- <laughs> it, it it is absolutely incredible that. You know, we've got this this player that the the experienced pros respect so much, and you know, outwardly talk about how brilliant he is. Um, I know, I know that you really like TJ uh, Adam, um, but 
honestly, I, I think I've seen enough. I mean, he, look, he's, he's not getting crazy amount of minutes, is he? But I think if you if you add it all up, I think I've seen enough to. I just don't really get it with TJ. You can't add it all up, though. That's the problem because he's not he's not getting a fair shot of it. He's mm. he's getting ten or fifteen minutes here and there, and you know we all know we've all watched football for long enough to know that that kind of player needs ten or fifteen minutes as an absolute mm. minimum yeah. to warm up and to get his legs going. Um, you know, you're not giving him a, you're not giving him a fair shot, a, a fair crack of the whip. Why? Why is what? So why then is why is sadly is starting over TJ? To me, and I hope this isn't the case, but to me, that's a manager trying to justify a signing. I don't know. I don't know. I feel, I feel TJ is very similar to when Ali was with us, um, to the point where. There's development, ongoing development with TJ because obviously he's. I don't know he's. Is it? Is he 24 now? He's like he's in his mid 20s at this point, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's he's but... like Jesse Lingard, where he's everyone thinks he's 19, but he's actually like 46. <laughs> um, it's the same with TJ. It's I don't know. They're, they're just. I get same vibes as with Ali, really, and that and that's where my concern is. I don't know if he's got much dimension to his game, if that makes I've, sense. Like I've got a couple he, of differences he, with Ali. I do I do kind of get what you're saying, but firstly, when we were when we had Ali, we were in good form. Mm. We were challenging at the top of League One. Um and our strikers were doing the job. Secondly, Ali was never that kind of striker who had a real turn of pace, low centre of gravity you know, almost like the number 10, if you like. He was a, he is a proper number nine. Um, yeah, we're, we're that's why he's here. doing it for Wimbledon now. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But we're sitting here and we're saying, you know, we're lacking pace, we're lacking imagination, we're lacking guile, we're lacking strength, we're lacking somebody who's direct. And we've got a player who's all those things, who's being ignored. I, um, you, yeah. It, it, it's bonkers. And we're playing David Wheeler as a centre forward. It is, this is my point, though. Bring yeah, it back to that. Everyone's out of position. We don't mm. have a plan B as such. No. We had, do you know? Do you know what? And it's really, really hard. But cast your eye, uh, cast your brains, memories back. Whatever. I can't think of the words. Back to before this shit run of form, and we were like thinking, we're going up here. We're, ch- you know, we're heading towards the playoffs. We were, you know, we had a, a bit of a dodgy start, but then we we started steamrolling towards the playoffs, and that was when we had everyone fit. We had the plan. The plan seemed to be working, but you know, a couple of those cogs come out come out of it, and it's like the whole machine goes kaput. And where's the plan B? And then that's where everyone start playing out position. And Dale Taylor's going out to the left wing because he, even though he should be in the middle, because we're trying to overcompensate for the left wing. And then you've got, you know, David Wheeler going into the middle because David Wheeler plays everywhere on the pitch bar the goal. You know, we need people doing their job. And my concern with the moment my concern at the moment is because for some reason we don't seem to have this plan B where unless absolutely everyone's fit, and we had this with Ainsworth to be fair, we didn't have when you know, when people got injured, everything just kind of went, you know, all kaput. Um but you know, if if Potts isn't in the squad and things like that, people play out of position. And I don't. I think when TJ comes on, he's given twenty different roles each each time he comes on. That I don't really think he can kind of actually settle in to do what he does best. 
And the that's where I think is, the problem is. Yeah, the worst thing is as well, like our plan B, if we had a plan B, I wouldn't be sat here banging the TJ drum. All I'm saying is I think he needs to be given one game where he starts. Yeah. And he starts in his proper position, whether that's a number 10, whether that's wide. But with a role that suits him. With a yeah, role yeah, that suits him. Because yeah. he's, uh, we're trying to shoehorn him into yeah. the wrong yeah, place. 100%. And Do you know what? I- the, the frustration for me was our plan B on Saturday was one of two unfit 30 something big men. I do you know what we're talking about plan B's here I don't even think we've got plan A sussed and I don't I would I yeah. I don't think I don't even think we had plan A sussed when we were putting in those decent performances no, earlier right. on in the season I just right. want to point to the fact that we at least appeared to change our formation and our system three times on Saturday you know we started with a 3-5-2 or uh and then we went 4-2-3-1 in the second half and then we yeah. seemed to switch to a four four two for the final ten to fifteen minutes. That's we would have never have done that under under Ainsworth. We would we would have a plan A, maybe a plan B, and if that didn't work, we'd fall out. Yeah, you know, we'd chuck ourselves on our sword. Um, that that seems That's to what me we should be doing. Yeah, it's 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 it reeks of desperation. It reeks of not quite having it sussed out. Injuries play a part to a degree, but we had Luke back, who's been you know I think Luke's been one of our best signings of the last five years, maybe longer. Uh, we are missing Potts for sure, but I think I think the players that we have, we always seem to talk about. Oh, we've got better strength of depth this year. Or do we? Do we though? I, I still think we do, but we're, the results aren't indicated. Uh, it's at the top end of the pitch. It's at the top yeah. end of the pitch. I don't think anybody could ever have foreseen that Vokes would be injured as much as he has been and as poor as he has been. Everybody thought Taylor was the answer. I mean, lose Helen for the whole season. I hate to say I told season. you so, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hate to say I told you so, but you know, we were all raving over Taylor because we'd seen him score one goal against us last season. It happens all the time. It just ain't good enough. We scored. Uh, we scored one goal in the league since late October. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like Dave says, Hanlon. Hanlon's really coming into form. You know, he's running in behind. He's strong. Um, he's probably what we're missing. Gets injured against Stevenage. There's nobody who can go and fill his boots. And instead of trying to fill him with somebody who's like almost like for like, it's almost like we're going completely left field. It's like oh, Hanlon's gone. Oh, you know, might as well just stick Joe Low up there, or we might as well stick Max up there. You know, it's just. It's it's bizarre. I genuinely don't know what the thinking is. I love Blooms, and I'm still 110% Blooms in. Um, but I just think he's trying to, you know, he's a young manager trying to find his way in the game. Um, and I think he's just trying too hard. Just go back to basics. Rooney done an interview today, didn't he, and said, you know, the Birmingham's results haven't been um, haven't been good enough. And when results haven't been good enough, the best managers that he's played for have stripped it back and really gone back to basics. Get the ball down on the floor, pass it to somebody wearing the same colour shirt as you and build in a, in a methodical manner. Play people in the right positions um, instead of playing round, round pegs in square holes. And eventually it will come. And, you know, you get a goal that deflects off of somebody's ass, Danny Ballman style, <laughs> win a scrappy game 1-0 and all of a sudden your form's back. But the problem is not only... a a heads down because the form's bad, but you've also got people playing out of position. Um, going back to Sadly, you know, he he will argue he's not a right wing back. He will argue that there's absolutely no way that he should be playing right wing back and he doesn't understand the position. So that's why he's not chasing back. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points at the death. Who doesn't love a last-minute winner. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, you know, Wheeler's not a not a striker. JJ and Grimmer, naturally, yes, they've played there, but they're not centre-backs. Um, you know, it, it, it was just all over the place. I, I, I really am a believer that we've got to go back to basics got to play four at the back we've got to play people in positions that suit them like dan said um and we've just got to be methodical with the ball stop trying to faff around with it you know there were times where like max was always talking to the back four going oh do you want to do a short goal kick do you want to do a long goal kick do you want to do something fancy put your bloody foot through it Mm. we've had six or eight weeks of utter dross why do we want to invite the opposition on just put your bloody foot for it. Why are you even having a conversation? Worry about the pretty stuff and the fancy stuff and the stuff that you think the fans want to watch when the results are good. For now, just put your bloody foot through it because I don't want to see the fancy Dan crap um, that, they're, that they're contemplating serving up. All we want to see is every single player wearing a blue shirt give 100%. And if I see that every week, I'll be happy. Um, and we will win more games than we lose. But at the minute, we are not seeing that. And the problem is the manager's giving the players an easy out by playing them out of position. One of the back-to-basics things we could do, a lot of success we've had in the past has been on solid partnerships. Like, you know, we've had, when we had Mawson and Pierre playing together, when we almost, when we beat Plymouth and things like that. And, but also going forward, if you're going to unlock a player like, Debar, is there a player that can play with him every week? No. In training, they should be trying partnerships, both at the back and at the front. See which players play the best together, then put them in the team. I mean, I have a bit of sympathy for Dale Taylor simply because he's got a different strike partner every week. Has you know, he can't build up anything, any rapport with anyone. Um, and it's the same with. with he's the, not uh, playing as a striker, three. though. He's not playing yeah. as a striker. Yeah, yeah, but he, he, he's, he's, he's got no him. he's got no cohesion every week because he's, he's playing with a different player. He's having to go out there because he doesn't know what the other player is going to do. I, I and it's the same at the back. It's the same at the back. Yeah. I, I'm, partnerships partnerships are important, I guess, but it's it it is and it is a team sport. But at the same time, these players all they do is play football. They should have built in intuition. They should know. Yeah what their roles are, regardless of who they're playing with. I mean, this is this is football. This isn't hold-your-hand club. You know? that's, what, that's what training's for, though. That's what training yeah. is for, to play. sort of build the, build the team up. You play the team, surely, in a practice match. You play the team that's going to play on Saturday. And I, don't, in, I genuinely don't think they're doing that. Players in this game don't get enough stick. Um, when a team's doing badly, it's always 
manager's fault. Get the manager out. Get the manager out. Get the manager out. These guys are professional footballers. They should be able, and I go back to the sadlier thing that I witnessed, he should be able to look up, play a pass over seven or eight yards and find one of his teammates with it. If he makes a mistake or he doesn't find it or it gets intercepted, automatically his default position should be, I'm going to win that back. But instead, it was go down on your knees, start punching the floor, start throwing your arms around, behaving like a petulant child, and leave it to somebody else. And uh, and this is the issue. The players aren't taking responsibility for... Uh, look, it, it, this, this is going to sound very, very harsh. This isn't all the players, but there are some players there who aren't taking the responsibility for themselves. They're perfectly happy for the discontent of the supporters to be laid at the manager's desk and they're not putting their hands up and again I'm you know we spoke about how good Grimmer, Grimmer was a couple of weeks ago in his interview um it's not all the players it's it, it's a small minority but there are one or two players there who are conning the fans and conning their teammates um and they need to be called out on it Let's try and get some positivity out of this game before we move on to uh, hopefully some happier and brighter stuff. Look, we need to we need to bring this back. The hero of the match was there one? Well, was there a standout performance uh, on on Saturday that you can point to? The referee when he blew the ninetieth minute. Uh, for me, uh, although Killian Killian Phillips, I thought again just showed a really spirited, passionate performance. Hero of the match for me. How good was it to see Luke Leahy back out in a league match, seemingly unaffected by the uh, by the trauma? Um, he didn't have the uh, have his best game in a blue shirt by any stretch of the imagination, but um, he was certainly still one of the best players on the pitch. Um, it, it's just so nice to see him well, see him out there, um, see him back in the quarters, um, and you know really starting to and this is this guy's been here three months uh, and you know he's been out for what is it now four or five weeks and he's on the pitch and he's screaming at people and he's pulling experienced players here there and everywhere um he was absolutely inspirational on saturday just everything and like i say f- footballing wasn't his best 90 minutes he still was one of the best players on the pitch but for everything else he brought us the leadership the passion the guts that it must have taken to get over what happened to him, um, particularly against your old team, it would have been really, really easy for himself. Gaffer, do you know what? I'll come back next week. Um, but no, hat, hats off to him. I thought he did a, I thought he did a really good job in really difficult circumstances. Um, and you know, it's great to see that he's um, that he's seemingly unharmed from what was a pretty minging day four or five weeks ago. Um, my hero of the match on Saturday was uh, Josh Gowan, because I just think he didn't stop running from minute one to minute 90. Um, and he he was one of the few people who had meaningful contributions at, at back and going forward. He was just everywhere. And um, Lee, he was, Lee, he was inspirational for playing, but I think Josh Gowan just epitomised what, what every player should be doing. And he actually put the effort in that has been lacking, not necessarily from him, but the whole team over the last few weeks. Yeah, I'm going to go for Killian, to be honest. And that's not just a reflection of Shrewsbury. 
It's a reflection of the last few games during this form. He's the one that has consistently demonstrated the right levels of passions and attitudes that we want from a Wickham Wanderers player. And for a young lad of, however, I think he's 20-odd, to show that consistently, especially such a dour patch of form, I think he's, he's got to be commended. And, you know, he's, he's obviously got a decent goal against Reading. Um, he's, he's, he seems to be, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll come good. He will come good, Will Killian. He will come good, the old boy, and uh, not the old boy, the young boy. Um, look, things aren't great for uh, for the boys at the moment, but there is a team playing in the quarters that are doing really, really well and should be getting some recognition for their efforts, and that's the chair girls. That's the girls' team who, uh, at the weekend, blew away their opponents to progress in the League Cup. A 6-0 away win over Milton. Uh, two hat-tricks, a duo of hat-tricks from Katie Riddington and Molly Carter, and a clean sheet for goalkeeper Emily Strange. Um, yeah, really good to see the girls doing really well. Good luck in the next round of the Cup. I mean, I might just switch over and just start watching uh, the girls if this carries on. Um, or maybe the boys should start watching. Maybe they might be able to learn a thing or two uh, from these winners. Let's not tell, well, hopefully Joey's not listening. Um, other news, obviously the big news that's uh, come out this week is a new contract extension for Brandon Hanlon, uh, who has been signed beyond the season. So we can assume that he's probably just had a one-year extension. Um, nice commitment by the club for a player that was, we assume, out of contract in the summer. A nice commitment for Brandon because obviously it gives him that security, which is great. Um, but actually, you know, I'm, I'm in a, a Wickham kind of fans group where we chat on WhatsApp and what have you. And someone made a very good point is actually it's not only a sign of commitment for uh, Hamlin, but I think it's a sign of commitment for Blooms as well because to sign someone beyond this season shows that probably Blooms is sticking around on that basis. So, mm. uh, and, and that's a commitment by Rob and Pete to show that really so yeah it's a it's it's nice it's, it's good to see Brandon considering the effort that he's put in since uh especially since the end of August up until his injury so you know um be good to see him back and hopefully he'll kick on when he comes back next season but yeah an interesting one really I think hopefully that will quell any Bloom's rumours for now and see what happens and hopefully give some stability and some comfort towards the club yeah I love this guy um, as you know, I, I, I just think so highly of him as a man and as a footballer. <clears throat> and we've spoken about it before, you know, they're not earning the small fortunes that the Premier League stars are earning at this level or the large fortunes that Premier League uh, stars are earning. Um, and this is a really nice commitment by the club to say, look, you've worked hard, you're getting yourself back. We're going to extend your contracts. We want to see you back afterwards. But also it's a sign of... Um, it's a sign of commitment from Brands as well to the club. He's obviously happy with how the um, with how the rehab's going, um, and it's really really nice to see him commit. So, so fair play to both, and you know, massive well done to Brandon because I think at the end of the season when he was going to Wrexham, I think everybody was saying, you know, take the money and run. But actually, I, for me, he's been if you take Leahy and Pot, Leahy Potts, maybe scouring out he's probably our player of the season. You could make an argument for him, our, our best offensive player of the season, certainly. Um, you know, you look at that performance that he put in against Oxford, he's 
a, a, a real, real handful, whether or not it's a penalty. The the last one, I don't know, but, you know, he's got in the box. He's very, very direct. He's done really well with it. So, so really chuffed. And look, this is why we love this football club, isn't it? Regardless of the results on the pitch, so respectful. They've done it for, um, for Freeman as well, didn't they, when he was here? Um, it's a real big shout out and a real big bit tick in the box for, for Rob and Pete for, for looking after the lads. You know, they've got a, we've spoken before about clubs having a duty of care for their players, particularly at difficult times in their career. And this is going to be difficult for Brands, you know, when he's at the top of his game, getting a massive injury. Um, and fair play to the Kuwigs for coming out and, and backing him um, and backing the manager as well. And, you know, I think that can only bode well for the future. So pats on the back all round, really positive. Um, and look, the result, the results will turn around. As they say, class is permanent, form is temporary. Um, and this is something else that's really, really classy from the club. So well done to everybody involved. We've got a club ethos that we support players, especially if they've got long-term injuries. And, uh, you know, I think that's something that we should be proud of. I'm really pleased that we've um, tied down Brandon for next season. He was starting to show that he can be that X-Factor. And we have definitely lost something going forward since, you know, he's been outside. Good news all around. Uh, even more good news is uh, our march to Wembley continues. Uh, we've drawn West Ham <laughs> under 21s in the next round of the Elf Cup. That's what I call it. Uh, yeah, round of 16 ties. It's getting pretty serious now, isn't it? Game's going to be played Adams Park on the 9th of January. That's a Tuesday if, you, if you're going to go. Um, a bit of an interesting connection here. The under 21s, West Ham's under 21s just to clarify, um, are currently managed by Steve Potts, who is uh, Freddie Potts's old man. So a uh, nice little connection. I doubt Freddie will be playing unless unless he's reintegrated in the side back then. Who knows? Um, thoughts on the tie? Thoughts on... Who's up for the cup? Are we up for the cup? Dan, I know you're up for the cup. <laughs> well, not, not, the cup. not until these under-21 teams get knocked out. Potts won't be available <laughs> anyway because it's, it's tough rules. That's why... Phillips can oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course. I'm not up for the cup. I hope no one turns up. We we only turned up for Wembley, aren't we? That's it. If we get to that Wembley, is, that's when it matters. That is what we have agreed upon, all of us. Not even the and, semi-final? Uh, at, not, not even the semi-final. No one watches no, these games. Actually, the, the semi-final would be on Sky, wouldn't it? So we don't have to go. <laughs> well, there we go. West Ham it is in the round of 16. March to Wembley <laughs> continues. Woohoo. Uh, let's move on to something more important and more immediate. Uh, Derby County uh, this Saturday. We're taking the trip up to Pride Park. Ooh, Derby County. That's a, that's a team that we don't really want to be playing right now. Paul warns men uh, they're going to be one tough challenge, as they always are. Um, but right now they're on a five match winning run. They've only conceded one goal in that time, and they've scored 13. Uh, this will be our third trip. To Pride Park. We've never won there, but we've only lost there once as well, drawn the other time. Um, look, our form has been absolutely horrible, as we've said. You know, one win in our last 10. Um, this should, by all accounts, on paper, be a derby win and an easy derby win at that. But as we know, football is a bit of a weird sport. That's probably one of the reasons why we all love it so much. Can we shock? Can we pull off a shock? And can we shock ourselves into some sort of form on Saturday? Be nice. Come on, let's be a positive. 
it's always going to end up a bit weird and we'll hopefully end up shit hours in the wind but um i seem to remember uh just before this nice little patch of form that they had where they won five on the trot that they were a bit hit and miss and there was actually calls for Paul Warren's head and everything else I mean that includes 3-1 loss to Stevenage and 1-0 loss to Shrewsbury a one or draw with Cheltenham when Cheltenham were literally I think that they, was they scored their goal first goal of the scored. season yeah 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 0-0 yeah. against Cambridge so you know they had a bit of a drop in form so you know they're, they're due for a knock knocking down a peg or two um, um look if 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 we Go back to basics, exactly as Adam and Damo have said. If we go back to basics, we play people in the positions that they need to play in, you know, we might just have a chance. I, I would hope that we go, considering their form and considering our form at the moment and everything else, I hope we part the bus like Shrewsbury did on Saturday, go for a 1-0 win and take our chance when we get it. A bit like what we did against Portsmouth. It nearly worked against Portsmouth, didn't it, apart from that last-minute kind of error. Which is let's, a foul. Let's try that. And the thing is, as well, we play better away from home as well. We seem to be shit at home at the moment, so who knows? I think the thing that we historically, in all the years that I've been a fan of the club, we always seem to turn up in these games. We always seem to turn up against the the sides that are above us, that are up the top. It's always against the lower sides that we always kind of seem to let ourselves down, either through complacency. It can't just be uh, a, a team of the moment thing, because we've been like this for 30 years. Cast your minds back to the 9th of January, 2010. It was a very, very, very snowy trip up the M1 to Leeds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they loved me, they did. Leeds were top of the league, absolutely flying, scoring goals for fun. We were second bottom of the league, looked every bit as boring going forward as we did now, didn't look like we could buy a win or a goal for that matter. And John Paul Pittman grabbed us a point on that day. What we do um, for him now. Yeah, you know, and look, it, I'm saying it with tongue in cheek, but these are the kind of games that in our history, as you've said, we have, we are more comfort, confident of winning than going somewhere like Cheltenham or going somewhere like Fleetwood. As Dan touched on earlier, we have got two massive games coming up against Port Vale and Exeter. My concern is if we go to Derby and get dicked, our confidence is going to be on the floor and we could genuinely be relegation candidates coming out of Christmas um, if something big doesn't happen. The boys have been away um, for a couple of days um, over in Dublin on a bit of a bit of a team building trip um so hopefully they come back full of beans um potentially one or yeah potentially one or two um one or two more back um you know another week in the legs of those who have just returned maybe a bit more fitness um and let's see what happens but um it's going to be a tough game they are scoring goals for fun. They're not just scoring goals for fun, either. they are tearing teams apart. Um, this isn't a team who are scoring three or four 30-yard screamers every week. This is a team who are, who are stringing 15, 16, 17 passes together to score a goal with lots of pace um, and lots of finesse. So it's going to be a really, really tough one. And I can promise you, if we go with the back three of JJ, Keo, and Grimmer, um, 
it'll be a cricket score by half time because the way they play, they are very, very, very aggressive. Um, so, so let's hope that the the few days away has done the boys the world of good. The head's in a good place. Let's hope that we can go up there and and at very, very least make a good account of ourselves. Words out of my mouth about the back three. We can't play the same back three we played last Saturday. Because, like you say, it would be a cricket score. Um, um, I'll, I'm going to cast your mind back even further. Back to the, the glory days of... 1800s. Baird and Divine. Uh, going to a certain little ground called Man's Main City. Road. No one expected that. It's a wicked wondrous thing. We could do this. Although, when you ask people about score prediction later... Is not going to reflect that. <laughs> okay, well, 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 we'll get on to that. I so I'm actually um, I'm I'm good friends with a Derby County fan for my sins, and uh, I was speaking to him a couple of days ago, and um, we were doing a bit of a mini preview uh, for the game. He'll be there, and he said something that could inspire a little bit of hope. So even though they're on this really lovely run of form at the moment, the Derby County fans, they're not a bit like us. They're still not quite decided on Paul Warren, even though I think he's a, he's a top, top coach. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so this form has, uh, has alleviated some pressure on him, but he's still not the most popular choice that they've got in the hot seat there. Um, my friend thinks the, this game is tailor made for a wick and win. He thinks the losing, Derby losing would be the most Derby County thing uh, of all time at this point. So I'm, I'm taking that as, as a little bit of hope that maybe what we can do is we can spring the most Wick and Wanderers thing ever. And, uh, and do you know what? I think I'd be happy if we went to, to Pride Park and got a point out of it. But my question to you guys, with what we were talking about in terms of, you know, employing the right people in the right positions, setting yourself up in, in, in a way that will, you know, hopefully get the result that we need and and to get confidence going, shooting up a little bit. How how do you set up on Saturday? Because you know what? I, I think it's one of those games where I'd, I'd probably stick with a back three. Probably. I, I know I, I, it's quite controversial because I'm quite against that notion. But when you're playing a side like Derby at their place, mm, I'm not so sure. And big question, do we just do it? Do we roll the hard six and stick TJ in the starting lineup and find out once and for all if he's got the marbles? They're going to say we're a horrible club, though, aren't they? And we should play long balls up to Vokes. You can nod it on to TJ. <laughs> I can, I can so, live with that. I can live with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I actually wrote my my own starting eleven down earlier. I've gone four, two, three, one. Okay. Um, just because I thought we looked so much more solid um, with the four at the back. Um, I can't split the goalkeepers. I still can't split the goalkeepers. I thought I thought the goal on Saturday was a max mistake. Getting beaten thirty yards out at your near post. Is I'd keep. I'd, not I'd keep Max in. I'd keep yeah. Max in. Yeah, it's not something that a goalkeeper could be doing, but I, I think I'm probably favouring Max over Franco, um, Grimmer, um, Farino, Tafazoli, Boys, Leahy, Scowen, McLeary, TJ, Phillips, Vokes. Problem is, why is Joe Lowe out of the squad at the moment? Mm. Unless he's not fully fit. Is Taf could be fit as well? I, I would look back to, you know, our wins against like Bristol Rovers and stuff like that. 
when Farino and Lowe were doing it at the back. I just yeah, that's a great shot. I would I would I would have Lowe in over Tafazoli. Yeah. Absolutely. I just, yeah. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why I'm low to be honest with you, but yeah, I would have I, I, I would have Joe Lowe in there. Yeah, tough when he's on his day is good. He is, is. I think it's just very much uh, if he's 100% fit and fully in yeah. it, then he's great. But, you know, we can't rely on that. I think Farino, obviously, is always going to be solid, really. He's, he's, he, doesn't, he really has a bad game for us, does he, really? Um, mm. I just, I'd be exactly the same. Um, I, he's going to go five at the back, probably, most likely. I don't feel like he should, but I think he will. I think it will be a tough low Farino at the back, I'd like to hope. Maybe Grimmer on the right. Um, is boys back? Boys should be back. Boys will be on the left. Uh, last weekend got, too. Yeah, Scowan Leahy in the middle, uh, with McCleary on the right. And do you know what I'd do? I'd put Dale Taylor on the left, and then I would put if Potts is fit, I put Potts in the middle. But if not Phillips with Vokes, if he's fit at the top, if not, then. Uh, Adam's best friend Lyle Taylor. We'll <laughs> see who's fit. But that's yes. that's how I envisage it going. That's how I envisage it going. Yeah, so I think I would probably go uh Max, uh back four, boys free, no low, grimmer, uh two defensive midfielders, Scowan and Luke, uh three attacking midfielders, G Mac, Phillips, Taylor, uh Dale Taylor, and Voxy. Up front, I think. But I mean, I, I'd love to see. I'd, I, I'd, I'd love to hear some news on uh, just any any update on um, on Potts would be lovely. I think we've missed him tremendously. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's it's we have we have the resources. We've got the players to to get something from this. But I think confidence is low. I think you can you can tell confidence is low with the boys. You can tell confidence is low with the fans. You can tell confidence is low with us. Um, I think we just need something. We need just I, I take a point at this at this point. Take a you goal. Know, a goal. A good, meaningful shot on target would be absolutely lovely. Uh, guys, we've we've all of that in mind. Uh, what are we going score prediction wise? Dan, do not go with that Sean Divine five three. It's, it's happening this week. <laughs> five, three. five three. Five three. <laughs> do you know what? The one the week I don't go for it is going to happen, and then we're all going to look at it and just go, Dan, why didn't you go for it? I, I, I told you last week he was going for it to the end of the season. I've got I've got a really good reasoning behind this, right? So on William Hill at the moment, I'm not endorsing any betting or anything, but you get like a free spin of the wheel and you get to do this casino thing. And like pretty much every day I've got two pounds to spend on the roulette. So I always put it on my birthday, which is the thirtieth. So I've put it on thirty, thirty, thirty consistently. And I put it on thirty yesterday and it won. So do you know what? Persistence pays off. If you keep doing it, eventually it'll happen, and that's why I'm sticking five, five, three. A broken clock is t- right twice a day, but I, I like right. the optimism. Uh, five three from from Dan Damo. What are we going, mate? I'm gonna be the bearer of bad news. Ah. Damo, no. One four. Disgusting. 
I just think I just think they're going to be too much for us in, in their current vein of form and the confidence in the team. It's just, they're just going to be too much for us. I, I'm I'm really afraid about this Saturday. Uh, Sorry, I've um, <laughs> I've got a seven-year-old who's very very slowly wearing me down to going on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> Nervous laugh. Yeah, he's uh, he's absolutely determined that he's going to try every single trick in the book, including eating his vegetables and doing his homework. Um, so I'm kind of running out of things to bribe him with. Um, so I might well go up there, which unfortunately isn't good news for, for anybody because normally when I go away from home, it means that we're going to play badly. Um, but at least the players will have some sweets on the coach on the way home, right? Um not if we I concede just... four goals like Damo says. No sweets for the boys if they concede four. Um, I just think it's got to come to a, it's got to come to a halt at some point. Um, I think they're they're fully aware of their, or they should be fully aware of their responsibilities after the last two or three weeks. They've had a few days away to chill out, forget about football, get to know each other. Um, reignite the spark that we had at the beginning of the season. Um, I'm not going to go for anything anything spectacular, but I'm going to go for a solid one-all draw. I'm going to make two predictions, two score predictions, right? Only only one can be entered as official canon. I know that. Um, but I know, I, I cannot predict a Wickham loss. I just, it just, it can't do it. Can't do it. Don't want to do it. No interest in doing it. Um, but I do think that we're going to lose. I don't think we're going to get whooped. But I, and I and I think I think we're looking at because I think I think the boys will turn up. I think that there will be a uh, a real effort to try and halt and stop the rot. Uh, I think the the Dublin trip would have helped. Probably not helped the the livers. Hopefully they're on their best behaviour. Um, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully they're back full of beans. Um, and I and hopefully they're they're back and and ready to give it, you know, a real go. But I just <sighs> want to say one caveat: I really I've never wanted to be wrong more than I have. Oh, <laughs> just yeah, saying, that, absolutely. <laughs> so so my my official prediction is I think we'll lose two one. I hate I hate saying that. I hate making that prediction. I think it's going to be a real gut puncher as well because I think we'll play really well and we'll probably concede late on and it will suck. But my unofficial prediction, and obviously this is the one that can't be locked in, but I got to make it right because I'm a Wiccan fan. Is I think we're going to go there and win three <laughs> nil. There we go. Oh, uh, that's more go. out there than my five three. That that would be the best day ever. Always, always dreaming. Uh, let's see what happens on Saturday. Uh, thanks, guys. Pleasure as always. And uh, and that will do it for this week. Thanks for joining for another episode of the Heroes of HP12. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Spotify. And if you're loving the podcast, help us out by leaving a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes of HP12. You can follow Adam at APCWWFC. Dan at Dan Clark PR and Damien at Damo1507. We'll be back next week with more discussion on all things Chairboys. Until then, stay well and come on, you blues.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.